Uh, all of the graduates, congratulations to each and every one of you all. Thank God for you all, praying with you all. So I'm praying that something is said and something is done that encourages you for what you're about to step into, amen? <laughs> Pastor Venice Rodney, thank you for trusting me with this opportunity. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do and all that you are in my life. I do not take it for granted. Uh, to my wife at home, I love you. My daughter, my uh, children at home, I love you all. My family in the audience, thank you, I love you. Thank you for all your support. Let's go ahead and let's, let's see what God is saying this morning, amen? If you got your Bibles with you, our word today is coming out of Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through 10, and we're gonna skip to verses 18 and 19, amen? Book of Jeremiah chapter one, beginning at verse four, and it reads as such. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Verse 18, today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of God. Graduates, at the risk of sounding, at the risk of sounding goofy, at the risk of sounding foolish, I want you to take a good look at yourself and I want you to say, self, let's say it again, self, you were built for this. Self, you were built for this. Because with what you are about to step into, you need to remind yourself each and every day that God has built you for this. Amen. Heavenly Father, even now, move me out of the way. Speak in the way that only you can speak. Move in only the way that you can move. Have your way even now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah is being called to his purpose at one of the most chaotic points of his life. The country he's in is literally surrounded by war on every side, by nations that are more powerful than itself. And the people that are in this country, the people that are around Jeremiah, have turned away from God to the place where they are doing anything and everything under the sun. 
they're murdering children to satisfy demons. They're committing adultery. They're killing innocent people. They're stealing. They're committing homosexuality. They're worshiping artificial gods that they created instead of the one who created them. This sounded like anywhere familiar to you yet? This is a time where speaking God's word could get you killed. Why? Because it's seen as offensive. It goes against the culture of people who want to do what they want to do and who want to be what they want to be. So here he is, a priest who God is calling to prophesy. Most scholars believe he's no more than 20 years old, called to speak to a people who won't listen to him and are prepared to kill him because of the word that he carries. And Jeremiah is afraid. He feels unprepared. He feels unqualified. He feels unequipped for the task that is in front of him because what he's being called to is bigger than he is. Anytime God calls you to do something, the purpose is always bigger than you are. The calling is always bigger than you are. Why? Because it requires you to depend on the one that's greater than you are to strengthen you, to hold you, to sustain you so that you can complete what he has called you to do. First thing God tells Jeremiah when he calls him is, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Meaning before I said, let there be, I knew who you were and who I had called and destined you to be. He then tells him, before you were born, I set you apart. I separated you as holy. I separated you as dedicated unto myself so that you can accomplish what I've told and appointed for you to accomplish. Then he says, and I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This ain't a mistake. This isn't by accident. I called you for a task such as this at a time such as this to take my word and to speak to entire nations. And when Jeremiah said, Lord God, I don't know how to speak for I'm only a child. I am too young. God responded by saying, take your eyes off of you, Jeremiah. Put them on me. Walk in obedience unto me and trust that I will give you everything that you need to do everything that I've called you to do. The same thing that God told Jeremiah is the same thing he's telling you and I. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had you in mind for the moment that I'm calling you to before you were even born. And before you were born, I set you apart. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 through 30 says, Those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. He called you out, he justified you, and glorified you for himself so that through you somebody would see him. And appointed you as a prophet to the nations. In the Greek, the word prophet actually means spokesperson. 
You may not be Jeremiah. You may not call to the office of prophecy, but God is calling you in whatever arena you are to minister his word and the truth of who he is in whatever way he has gifted and prepared you for. That can be in business. That can be in carpentry. That may be in your dorm room. That may be in your cubicle. That may be in your office. Whatever the case may be, he is prepping you and preparing you to speak his word to the people around you and reflect who he is is let me prove it in verse 9 God gives something very important to Jeremiah he gives him something that would empower him to do more than he ever thought was possible in his life and in the lives of the people that are around him the very same thing that he's made available and is placed inside you and I if you belong to him his word God reaches out his hand, touches Jeremiah's mouth, and check out what God says has happened. He says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you over nations and kingdoms. I've appointed you over entire nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. God gave him entire authority and power over nations and kingdoms to tear down and build up by giving him his word. There's power in speaking the word of God. There's authority in speaking the word of God. There's might, there's strength in speaking the word of God. There's an authority and an anointing that is without question when you speak the word of God by faith. For Jeremiah, that means God touched his mouth. For you and I, he gave us the spirit of Jesus Christ. And if you've received him, then the same authority and power that he gave Jeremiah is available to you and I. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 through 5 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. God has given you his spirit, his living word, and has given you power and authority, not just to do what he's called you to do, but to be who he has called you to be. In verse 18 and 19, after giving Jeremiah his word, God makes something extremely clear. He says, now behold, this day I made you like a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall against the entire land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will never overcome you, since I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Every material that God used in that statement is a substance that possesses strength, that possesses stability, and possesses longevity. Which means that if God made Jeremiah like this, and if he's made you and I like this, then by his word, he's establishing us to be strong. He's establishing us to stand. And he's establishing us to endure. Because all this time, you were being prepared for the purpose that God prepared for you. And it started with arming you with a strength that could not come from you. 
When I first started teaching my own classroom, I was at Woodward Career and Technical High School. Those of you in the house of the Bulldogs, I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> because at the time that I was preaching at, at teaching at Woodward, Woodward was one of three high schools in the district that substitute teachers would not come to. They refused to go there. And if they did go there, they weren't coming to the grade that I was teaching. We're talking about a school where a, cop, a kid threatened to shoot a cop in front of the principal. We're talking about a place where you have generational bloods and crips in the seventh and eighth grade. We're talking about a place where kids have to dodge drug addicts and prostitutes just to make it to school every morning and they don't know if they're gonna live long enough to make it home. So here I am as a first year teacher, never wrote a lesson plan, never managed a classroom, don't know how to teach from a curriculum and God plants me here and says, now teach. You wanna talk about being unprepared? You wanna talk about not being qualified? I didn't think I would make it past my first year. God planted me there for five. But one of the prayers I had to learn to pray in that environment was God teach me how to teach. Not just academic principles, but spiritual principles because I'm in an environment where the word Christ is not allowed. And every morning God gave me enough strength to make it through each day. Not the year, not the month, most days, not even the week. He gave me enough strength to make it day after day after day. Many times God will give you just enough strength to make it through the day. Why? So that you learn to stop worrying about tomorrow. Because you're learning to lean on the one who already has tomorrow in his hands. That's why Jesus prays, give us this day our daily bread. In the Old Testament, when manna fell from heaven, God told them to collect just enough bread for the day, for that morning. Any more than that, and it was spoiled. When you learn to depend on him for the day, tomorrow doesn't matter as much. And for every day for five years, God is teaching me how to teach. He's placing people in my life to walk me through a lesson plan, walk me through a curriculum, showing me how to process kids and myself through depression, through anxiety, through suicidal thoughts, and connecting with kids on a level that even their own family members don't get. He was teaching me to lean on him, not just for strength, but as my strength. The season he placed me in, the environment that he planted me in, as uncomfortable as it was, taught me to trust him at his word as my strength. And it gave me a conviction that I could lean on whenever I started to doubt, whenever I started to worry, whenever I started to panic, because I thought I would buckle under the pressure of the weight that I carried while I was there. But because of that now, it doesn't matter where I'm placed, I can teach there because of what I've been taught and what I've been through. I remember interviewing at, at Winton Woods, and when I left, I was told the principal said, that dude can teach anywhere. We want him here because he can teach anywhere. Because when God is your strength, 
And when he has used what you've been through to establish you with the conviction of what he's called you to do and who he's called you to be, it does not matter where you are planted. Your seasons may change, but you won't. Your circumstances may change, but you won't. Because God is calling and building you to be strong right where you are. For me, Woodward was my preparation, but it strengthened me for my appointment. What has God brought you through to bring you where you are now? What fights, what battles, what storms, what lessons has he used to strengthen you that you thought you would never even survive through? And now he's transitioning you into purpose and you don't think he's giving you the strength to walk in it. I'm telling you, yes, he has. Why? Because he's giving you himself. He's giving you the character of who he is and the power of his word. And he's calling you into the workforce, into college, into purpose, into new beginnings, into life. So that you can stand in him and the conviction of the word that he has already placed in you. One of the reasons that Jeremiah is so afraid of speaking what God has given him to say is because he knows people don't want to hear it. He knows God is preparing him to tell Israel that because of their sin, they're about to be taken into exile at the hands of the Babylonians, one of the most powerful nations of the world at this time. And he knows people are going to stand in the way of what he's been called to do and what he's been called to say. He knows kings will stand in the way. He knows other priests will stand in the way because they are so intent on doing what they want to do that they'll do anything they can to move him out of position and out of his purpose just to avoid hearing it. And that includes killing him. Anytime you're walking in purpose, expect for people to be uncomfortable. Anytime you're walking in purpose, expect for people to try and move you out of position. To move you outside of what you know and outside of who you are and who God has called you to be because they are afraid of you and the anointing on you. The spirit that dwells in you. And they're afraid of it. But in spite of all that, above all, expect God to give you the strength to stand in obedience under his word. To who he is in you and to who you are in him. You are a fortified city. You are an iron pillar. You are a bronze wall. And just like he told Jeremiah, God is telling you that I built you at a time such as this to stand. Ephesians chapter six, verse 13 says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground and having done everything to stand. Well, what does that mean? It means that every day you need to be clothing yourself with the character of Christ. His truth, his righteousness, his peace, faith in who he is, the fact that he saved you and that you belong to him. And most importantly, the word of God. Read the word, obey the word, live out the word in the way that you think, in the way that you talk, in the way that you walk, in the way that you live. Quote the word to yourself, because when you clothe yourself with the spirit of God and you arm yourself with his word, you are trusting him to fight on your behalf. All you need to do is stand.
stand on what is showing you, stand on what he's telling you, stand on what he's teaching you, stand on what is already done. Because no matter who is standing against you, no matter who's fighting you, watch God fight for you. Moses told the Israelites while they were being chased by Pharaoh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When God is with you, it don't matter who's standing against you because they won't be standing there for very long. When God has called and created you to stand, he'll give you the nourishment, he'll give you the provision, he'll give you the strength, not just to succeed, but to endure. Because you are connected to him in relationship. The reason God tells Jeremiah in verse four, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart is because above all else, he's establishing Jeremiah and relationship. Without a relationship with God, there was no way Jeremiah could endure the weight of his purpose. No way he can endure the weight that stood against him so he could accomplish his purpose. God says this himself in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. He says, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He is like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots toward the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes and its leaves are always green. It does not worry in a year of drought, nor does it cease to produce fruit. Jeremiah was planted in a place where he had to depend on his relationship with God. You gotta remember, Jeremiah comes from a family of priests, lives in a city of priests. He couldn't depend on his grandfather's faith. He couldn't depend on his father's faith, his mother's faith. God was calling him into a personal relationship with God so that he could endure what he would have to go through in order to complete his purpose. God is transitioning you to a place where you're not gonna be able to depend on your mama's faith, your daddy's faith, your granddaddy's faith, your grandmama's faith. He is calling you to a place where you are going to have to rest and abide in a personal relationship with him. And that's before he calls you in this purpose, because that is what is going to allow you to stand and endure what you have to go through in order for you to get there. John chapter 15 and 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remaining in him means that there is a constant trust and a constant dependence on him in everything. That you are in a living relationship with him, which gives you the strength and the provision to do what he's called you to do and live how he has called you to live because you know you can't do this thing by yourself. Jeremiah served as a prophet for over 40 years through the reigns of five different kings. He survived beatings. He survived being put in prison. He survived being thrown into an empty well and being left there to die. But he endured and outlasted kings, 
priests and officials that stood against him because he didn't just speak the word of God, he lived it out in relationship with him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 25, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the torrents ranged, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Your foundation is a relationship with Christ because it will allow you to endure the storms that you are going to go through in order to get to your purpose. Circumstances are going to come and go. Storms are going to come and go. Relationships with people may come and go. But who you've been called to be in Christ is built to last because it rests in the foundation of your relationship with him. So graduates, my question to you today isn't what you've accomplished, isn't what you've done to get where you are now, isn't what you're about to do when you leave here. My question to you is, do you know Christ as not just your savior, but as your strength? Do you know him as your source? Do you know him as your everything? Because how you walk into your purpose depends on your answer to that question. Graduates, I don't know if you know him. But if you don't know him, that means accepting him as your Lord and Savior. It means knowing that he lived the perfect life, died a death that was meant for you and I, rose on the third day and ascended into heaven, and that he is coming back all because he loves you. For those of us that do have a relationship with him, it's time to dig deeper. It's time to go further. It's time to go higher. It's time to go further than than you've already been. He's calling you higher. He's calling you deeper. He's calling you further. Because now more than ever, now more than ever before, we are in need of him. We are in need of him. So I invite you, I challenge you, lean on him with everything that you have and everything that you are and everything that you hope to be. Give him your thoughts, give him your speech, give him your actions, give him everything, give him everything. All that you have, all that you're holding on to, all that you count precious, lean on him with everything. Lean on him with everything. Lean on him with everything you have. Because that is the only thing. That is the only thing that will give you the strength, that will give you the endurance, that will give you the might, that will give you the power, that will give you the hope, that will give you the peace, that will give you everything that you need to walk in purpose in a way that will cause you to be strong, 
that will cause you to endure and above all else that will cause you to stand. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Honor to his name. Dominion unto his name. Graduates, trust on him in everything that you have. So that above all else, he will give you everything that you need to stand.